A certain man from Cyrene, Simon, the father of Alexander and Rufus, was passing by on his way in from the country, and they forced him to carry the cross. They brought Jesus to the place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. They offered him wine mixed with myrrh, but he didn't take it. And they crucified him. Dividing up his clothes, they cast lots to see what each would get. It was the third hour when they crucified him. The written notice of the charge against him read, The king of the Jews. They crucified two robbers with him. One on his right and one on his left. Those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, So, you who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, come down from the cross and save yourself. In the same way, the chief priests and the teachers of the law mocked him among themselves. He saved others, they said. But he can't save himself. Let this Christ, this King of Israel, come down from the cross that we may see and believe. Those crucified with him also heaped insults on him. At the sixth hour, darkness came over the whole land until the ninth hour. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of those standing near heard him, they said, listen, he's calling Elijah. One man ran filled a sponge with wine vinegar, put it on a stick and offered it to Jesus to drink. Now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to take him down, he said. With a loud cry, Jesus breathed his last. The curtain in the temple was torn in two from top to bottom And when the centurion who stood there in front of Jesus heard his cry and saw how he died, he said, surely this was the Son of God. Some women were watching from a distance. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James the younger and of Joseph, and Salome. In Galilee, these women had followed him and cared for his needs. Many other women who had come up with him to Jerusalem were also there. We break for a moment from the straight reading of these these passages for a moment's reflection. We've just read Mark's account of Jesus' death. And he tells us in verse 37 that it was with a loud cry that Jesus breathed his last. The Greek words for loud cry here 
are phone megale, which when you rearrange them and anglicize them, begin to look quite familiar. A megaphone. A death scene like this doesn't seem the most appropriate place for a megaphone or anything like it. Megaphones are reserved for large public occasions. Like when a football team comes through the city on the open top bus after having won the cup. Like when the fellas here return to Tonga, the under-19 world champions. Then there'll be megaphones to welcome them home. But megaphones aren't for deathbeds. They're not for crucifixions. And yet that's exactly what we have here. Jesus' last breath is a shout of victory. In these few verses where Mark describes Jesus' death, he tells us of a few different witnesses to the death of Jesus. And at this point, he's focusing on the Roman centurion. He tells us in verse 39 that when the centurion who stood there in front of Jesus heard this loud cry and saw how Jesus died, he said, surely this man was the son of God. This centurion probably doesn't normally do crucifixions. He's too high-ranking an officer for that. Normally he commands a hundred men. He and 60 brother centurions serve in a legion of 6,000 men. Now this man might not be anywhere near the top of that legion. But he's a high-ranking soldier. He's no common soldier and certainly no green recruit. This man has seen death. He's seen it many times. He's heard the quick, liquid gargle of a man crying out through his own blood. Often on the battlefield, he's seen men drown in their own blood. He's heard the best of his enemies whimper when their pain has overwhelmed their courage and when they have broken. Often, he's heard men curse as they have died. Curse not in hatred. But because they're they're reaching for an explosive language to give voice to that explosive sense of their life force leaving their own body. Some of them have thrashed and cursed and begged him, kill me, kill me, kill me. And on more than one occasion, this particular centurion has granted Just such a dying man's request. Now, on this Jerusalem Friday afternoon, he's watching another death. He's waded through a terrifying storm. He's been in three hours of blackness. And he's watching Jesus of Nazareth, a so-called king of the Jews. And while the others around Jesus have been cursing and crying out up until this point. Jesus has kept his peace. 
But then, just in the last moments, he's, he's breathed deeply, he's swelled his chest, and he's, he's bellowed in a loud, hoarse cry, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And now finally, the moment the centurion's been waiting for. Right now, about six hours after the torment of crucifixion begins, even the best men begin to break. So this Jesus of Nazareth, whatever people think he is, however different he might be held in some eyes, he's no different than anyone else. When you crucify people, they die. This man's dying. Just as this centurion is beginning to accept the ordinariness of this crucifixion, the extraordinary happens. A phono megale, a loud shout. This isn't what the centurion expects. This is a cry he's heard before, but never in defeat. And never, never in death. This is the victory cry. This is the shout of the soldier when he's won the battle. It's the cry of the king victorious in a war. This is the cry of triumph. The centurion turns and he looks one more time at Jesus. He sees his his beard and his hair matted to his skin with a mixture of of sweat and blood. He sees his head bent backwards in agony, raised to the sky, but he sees his lips in a long, thin grin. A victory shout! That's what the centurion hears when Jesus dies. Friends, this is the shout of the Son of God as he declares the victory of God in the world. The shout of the Son of God as he defeats Satan. As he puts an end to the tyranny of sin. As he releases from captivity every human being shackled and held. A victory shout. And then he closes his eyes. And he dies. Friends, we gather here this evening to remember the dying of our Savior. And to our eyes and to any human eyes, this is the ultimate defeat. But not through the Father's eyes. Not through Jesus' eyes. This is no defeat. This is Jesus completing the work that he came to do. This is it. Job done. It is finished. Victory cry. Here we see the victory of God.
Let us pray.